Thanks for tuning in to Next Level Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at nextlevelchurch.net. What's up, everybody? I am. Uh, I've really enjoyed this series. I, I hope that you have too. Uh, we'd love to hear some feedback if you enjoyed doing the the Christmas movie series. Maybe we'd uh, come back again next year. Well, today's uh, movie. What we're going to be doing, if this is your very first time with us, is we're going to see some clips from a movie, and that's going to help us springboard into today's scripture and topic. Well. Um, you know, today it seems that most people do a lot of their shopping online, but it used to be uh, way back in the old days. You actually had to go to a store and pick stuff up, and, uh, and what would happen, especially at Christmas time, is there was just like a mad rush for certain toys, for certain items that were like at the top of the season, and today's movie is based on these type of shopping crazes, and in particular, there was one back in the 80s, and the gift of the, of the season was the Cabbage Patch dolls. I don't remember that, because I was just born in 1982, but some of you might have remembered that. But I do remember a craze that happened the year that this was released, which was 1996, and the toy of that season was the Tickle Me Elmo. Who remembers Tickle Me Elmo? Um, I'm curious, anybody try and get a Tickle Me Elmo? Uh, okay, a few of you are like, I don't want to admit it, like, right? Uh, it, it, you know, people spent crazy amounts of money and, 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 and effort trying to get the, the gift of the season. Well, that's really the theme of today's, uh, today's movie. It stars the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger in Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Uh, well, it, to help you... Uh, uh, understand what's going to be happening in our very first clip that we're going to be watching. Um, Howard, who's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, he has he has made a promise he's going to show up to his son's uh, karate belt test, but he doesn't. Uh, so he, he doesn't show up, which just seems to be a pattern for Howard. So the scene we're going to watch is Howard is in the room with his son, and he's trying to figure out, hey, is there anything I can do to make it up to you? Let's check it out. You're right. I really blew it. I'm really, really sorry. You think you can let me make it up to you? Like how? More like uh, letting me do something special, just for you. Like uh, if there's something really important you've been wanting for Christmas. Hmm? Uh, don't worry. I got it covered. I wrote Santa. Ah, but Santa gets very busy this time of the year. Sometimes he even has to ask moms and dads to help out a little bit. Nah, it's not that important. Tell me, what do you want? I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the boomerang suitor, and the rock and roller jetpack, and the realistic voice activator that says five different phrases, including, it's turbo time! Accessories sold separately, batteries not included. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had to stop and think about it. Johnny's gonna get one, and so is everybody else I know. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Well, it definitely won't be you. Thanks, Dad. I love you. Oh, I love you too, Jamie. Ah, oh, I love you. I love that. I was that kid in that scene. Like, I knew everything about every toy that I wanted. I love the batteries not included. He's like, make sure you know that, right? 
So there, there's this excitement, and you know, now Howard's like, okay, great, I'm going to go get him this toy, it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. Well, what we find out is that uh, Howard has a conversation with his wife, and it turns out he was supposed to have already bought this toy like weeks before, and of course, did Howard remember? No, he did not. Uh, and, and so he lies to his wife, he's like, oh yeah, no problem, yeah, I've already got it, great. Well, that, and that's kind of the whole point of this movie is it's going to be Howard is going to uh, try to, to get this toy. Well, the next scene, this is Christmas Eve morning, and Howard is about to head out uh, to start his adventure. Let's check it out. KQRS Minneapolis, we'll do the rocking while you fill the stocking. Oh, wait, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, where are you going? Um, I just have to run to the office quickly. That's it. Howard, it's Christmas Eve. You can't be going to the office. I have to pick up the D-O-L-L. Oh. I left the tip of mistake. Oh, okay. All right. Bye. Dad, you can't go to work today. What about the parade? The parade? The holiday entertainment parade. We go every year. Oh. Well, you didn't go last year or the year before. But Mom and I always go. Anyway, this year, Turbo Man's going to be there. Yeah, Turbo Man. Turbo Man, yes. yes. It's turbo time. Dad, you can't miss it. It's going to be really cool. I won't miss it. I'll be there. I promise. Well, as we're going to see, uh, Howard's going to have some trouble with that promise because he is now going out to try to get the, the hottest gift of the season along with everyone else and that brings us to our final scene um this is going to introduce uh, this is to me where the best part of this movie is is all of the howard goes through trying to get this gift um this is also where you encounter myron who becomes a bit of uh howard's nemesis throughout this uh movie because they are both dabs trying to get a present that they forgot that they needed to get let's check out this final scene <laughs> Somewhere. There are none here. Oh, excuse me. Yes? I'm trying to find the Turbo Man doll. Me too, me too. Do you have any more in the back? <laughs> what? I see that. <laughs> what they these, these guys are looking for a Turbo Man? A Turbo Man doll, yes. <laughs> They're looking for Turbo Man. <laughs> hey, everybody, these two are looking for a Turbo so funny. <laughs> Where have you guys been? Turbo Man's only the hottest selling Christmas toy ever. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We got plenty of Turbo Man's faithful Saber Tooth Tiger Booster. Where's your Christmas spirit? That's better. Uh, there must be a turbo man around here somewhere. Oh, oh. 
The last one just left. Um, some lady had it on layaway. A lady? What lady? Uh, uh, short, uh, with, with a fur coat. Fur coat. Fur coat. Uh-huh. Fur coat. Sorry, buddy. Uh, it's a it's it's a fun movie, but it, the whole movie centers on just trying to get this this perfect gift. And today, the scripture we're going to be looking at. It is about some gifts that were brought to Jesus during his birth. I don't know, have you ever tried to search for the perfect gift? We often try to find gifts that, um, you know, demonstrate our, our love for people, that uh, we try to think what, what's something that they would really like, something they're looking for. And we are going to see today in, in Matthew chapter 2 that the gifts that were brought to Jesus have deep significance, and they're gifts that have significance because they they help us to understand even more the the significance of what we're celebrating here during Christmas. What I'd like to do is uh, for us to read some scriptures together, and and in just a few moments, I'm going to have you to stand up, and we're going to read one together, but I want to start reading in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Some of your translations may have said wise men, but the Magi, these were people that were essentially astronomers, that they they studied stars, and they were alerted to this special star. And it got their attention, and they were doing research, and so they, they end up coming to where this star was. And they come to Jerusalem because they want to to meet Jesus. So the very next verse, um, it, let's continue in verse 9. It says, they go to King Herod. They're like, hey, where's, where's this one that we're looking for? And it says, after they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now, if you would, I'd love for you to stand with me. We're going to read this last scripture together. Um, Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. I'll read the first part, and if you would, you can read the very last part that is highlighted. So here we go. It says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Help me out. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's pray together. Father, uh, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for this story. I pray that it would uh, just help tune our hearts uh, toward you during this season, that in the midst of all the things going on in life, you'll help us to to have uh, the, the proper focus. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can can be seated. If you're taking notes today, I want to I give you the big idea, the direction for where we're going, and it's this. Don't forget the reason that we celebrate the season. Don't forget the reason we celebrate the season. Now, in a lot of ways, it's a bit of a cliche. You've heard some kind of phrase like, Jesus is the reason for the season. And, and it rhymes. But here, here's the thing. is This is really important for us because there are a lot of great things that happen during the Christmas season. Uh, I mean, we spend time with family and friends. We have, we have parties. We open gifts. We, we have food that we enjoy. There's so many great things. We go see Christmas lights, and you have all kinds of traditions. 
and all of those things, I, I'm not against them, and I don't, I don't think we should be against them, but, but we also have to recognize that there is often a pull away where, where that can consume what we do, and Jesus, the, the true reason why we are supposed to be celebrating, can get lost in the shuffle, can get lost in the mix. And so my hope for today's message is to help us to, to focus in on and to have a deeper understanding of, of the reason why we celebrate Christmas. And, and maybe even extend beyond to say Jesus is the reason. Well, why? I want to help answer why. What does it mean we talk about him being the reason that we celebrate? And the three gifts, uh, this is where we're going to go, the three gifts, they point us to the reason why we celebrate the season. Because there's a deeper significance to all of these gifts. Uh, these three gifts are both perfect and they're prophetic. And here's what I mean by that. The gifts are perfect because unbeknownst to, to Mary and Joseph, um, King Herod was going to try to kill Jesus after this, and they were going to have to flee. And, and the gifts that were given to them by the wise men were part of God's provision for their family as they traveled away. And so they were, they were the perfect thing that they needed. But we also see they were prophetic. And here's, here's what we mean when we say prophetic. One, one uh, way to understand prophecy is that has to do with foretelling, looking forward into the future. And each of these gifts tell us something about Jesus' identity and his purpose. And they're going to help us to understand the, the reason why we should celebrate Christmas. And so we're going to explore each of these gifts and see how they point us to the reason that we celebrate the season. So if you're taking notes, write down, number one, the first gift is gold, which is a gift for a king. Often uh, kings and kingdoms were, were known because of the gold that they had. That, that represented their, their wealth and their power. And so the first gift that the wise men give to Jesus is a gift of gold. Now I want to show you what's the connection to Jesus and being a king. Let's return back to Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, where is the one who has been born, what's it say, king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So they're actually coming for the purpose of, of giving him honor and, and glory, which is the reason they bring all these significant gifts. But they notice what they said, we come to worship the king of the Jews. Now, what's interesting about this is if you thought that there was this royal birth taking place, then you would, you would have assumed that everybody would be aware of it, but we find out that that's not the case. They show up, and it's like everybody's screaming, like, who are they talking about? So let's, let's continue in the next verse. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Why? Because he is the current king, and of course, he's hearing about a rival king. And all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Verse 6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least amongst the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. 
You see, when, when Jesus is, is born, it's, it's done in fulfillment of something that God had promised long ago. God promised that one day he would send a, a, a ruler, a, a king that was after his own heart, one that would shepherd and care for the people. Now, here's the truth. Herod was not a God that cared for the people. He, he really cared more about himself, and, and that's the reason he was, not, he was not excited about this prospect. This is later the reason that he even uh, has all of the, the boys that were under two years old to be killed. Right after this, it's because he saw a threat to the kingship of Jesus. But you know, there's something that Herod did not understand, and even something that, that, that these magi that came to visit didn't understand. Jesus was not the kind of king that people were expecting. He wasn't, uh, because even look at where they showed up. They show up in Jerusalem and they come to the palace because they expect if there's royalty, he's going to be born in this amazing place and everybody's going to be aware, but he finds that really nobody's looking for this newborn king. Nobody's aware. And Jesus wasn't born into a royal place. He was born into this humble stable. And all this points us to the reality that Jesus was a different kind of king than anybody was expecting. Now, the people were expecting for a king to come, and later we see, as Jesus grows up and he enters into his 30s, he begins his public ministry, he's doing miracles, he's doing all these amazing things. I want you to notice what the people, uh, what, they, what they do. Jesus, uh, in John chapter 6, notice this, it says, After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who's come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by what? Force. Withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Now, why did Jesus do that? It's because he knew that they wanted something different from him. They, they wanted someone that would, uh, would rule in a totally different way, but Jesus came to rule a different kind of kingdom. Now, consider this quote just reflecting over over. Um, Israel's expectation. He says, Israel's messianic hopes focused on the coming of a military conqueror who would rescue them from their geopolitical enemies. That's why they sought to make Jesus king. But Jesus reorients their vision. How does he do that? Notice what Jesus says in John 18, 36. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You know, they weren't so different than us that we often think that the way that everything's going to be solved is through politics and through political leaders. It's going to be solved uh, through, through force, through, through power. But Jesus comes as this king who turns all of that upside down. Jesus says that the way that he was going to come and rule was not by demonstrating might over everybody else, but coming as a servant. And, and Jesus' kingdom was not just going to simply uh, give, give value to those that were high in the society, but Jesus' kingdom was going to reach out to those that others had rejected, that he was going to take the lost and help them to become found. He was going to take the ones that the world had rejected, and he was going to freely welcome them into his kingdom. He was going to totally be a different king. And that's the kind of king that we have. And so when we celebrate Christmas, we are, are celebrating the coming 
of King Jesus. We're celebrating one who who freely welcomes anyone and everyone to come and follow him. It's a kingdom that's led with with grace and, and mercy. It's a kingdom like no other. And so when we celebrate Christmas, the gold reminds us that Jesus is coming as a different kind of king, the very kind of ruler that our world needs. But then we also see when we come to the second gift, it's the gift of frankincense. And this is the gift for a priest. We have to go back to the Old Testament to see this, but, but one of the things that God instituted when, when he, uh, Israel was formed as a nation is he understood, God knew that we were going to mess up. He knew that we were not going to follow after his laws and commands, and so he had a priesthood. And the priest's job was to, to go before God on behalf of the people. And they would make sacrifices, and they would burn incense. It, it was, they were the, the go-betweens between God and the people. And one thing that's really interesting is when God was starting the priesthood, he even gave, he gave them specific commands about everything, but one of the things that he told them is, I want you to make incense, but it's special incense. And, and they were actually uh, uh, prevented from making incense that contained these ingredients except for the priesthood. Now, Exodus chapter 30 tells us about this. Notice it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Take fragrant spices, gum resin, two other weird named things, and pure frankincense, all in equal amounts. And make a fragrant blend of incense, the work of a perfumer. It is to be salted and pure, and what's the last word? Sacred. And so the priest, they would go in and take this special uh, one that frankincense was one of the primary things, and and, and later he says, okay, you don't make or burn this anywhere else. This is supposed to be for worship. Now, what does that have to do with Jesus? What does this gift of frankincense, how does it point us to Jesus being our priest? Well, because that's ultimately what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to be the one that would be the mediator between God and humanity. He's the one that will once again connect broken humanity to the holy, uh, a holy God. And this is what scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4 about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to, to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Notice verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I I love this passage because it tells us something. That Jesus is our high priest. On the one hand, he's like us, because he understands what it's like to face temptation. There's no struggles that any of us face. There's, there's no temptations that we face that in some way Jesus did not face. But this is where things are different. Because instead of actually giving in to those temptations, Jesus overcame them and he lived this, this sinless, perfect life. And so what that means is our, as our high priest, that he didn't have to make sacrifice for himself, unlike all the other priests before him. Instead... He just had to make one for us. And notice the benefits that we receive. It says that we can come with confidence. Some translations say we can come boldly into the throne of grace. Did you know that every time that you pray is really a celebration of what we celebrate at Christmas? It's the fact that the greatest high priest stepped into the world 
And, and so every time that we come before God, whether it's just to say, God, I love you, or whether it's to say, God, forgive me, or whether it's to say, God, I need your help, that we do that because Jesus is our high priest. He's the one that goes before God for us. And so when we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the king who has come. And we're celebrating this great high priest that gives us access to come boldly into the presence of God anytime that we need his help, that we can do that freely. Bring him. And what's the last gift that they gave to him? It's the gift of myrrh. And this is a gift for a crucified Savior. Why do I say it's a gift for a crucified Savior? This is probably the gift that might have been the strangest because myrrh was was actually used in burials in in Israel. They used it to to put it around the body, to prepare it, to to help keep the smell down. And so, you know, imagine for those of you that are, uh, you know, you're, you're going to baby showers and you look at the registry, if you saw myrrh, that'd be like really weird. Okay, that'd be like, see, like the equivalent would be like giving a, like a child, like giving them a full-size adult coffin. Be like, they're going to need this in the future. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. It's like, okay, you're like unfriending that person like that does that. You're like, okay, you're never coming to anything with my kid again, right? But here's the thing. I, I, you know, deep down, I don't think that, that, the, that these, uh, these wise men, these magi understood the full significance of the gifts that they were given. But God had a purpose in it because Jesus did not just simply come to be born. Jesus came to die on our behalf. And this gift points us to the fact that he would be our crucified Savior. Consider this verse. This is out of John chapter 19. This is after Jesus had been crucified. There's a guy named Joseph of Arimathea that he asked to take Jesus' body and give it a proper burial. And along with him comes a guy named Nicodemus. And this is what we're told. It says, Nicodemus brought a mixture of, what's it say? Myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. I saw this, uh, this image that I think brings this together says this is the season and this is the reason. Christmas always leads us to the cross. Yes, we celebrate the fact of, of, of the baby and Mary and Joseph and all those wonderful things, but we have to always see that Christmas is not a standalone event. Christmas is, is the beginning of God's great plan to rescue humanity. And so the, the cradle always brings us to the cross. Christmas always leads us to, to Jesus' destiny. And his destiny was to die on our behalf. And so when we, we look at all of these gifts that were brought to Jesus. This gold that's for a king and this frankincense which is for a priest and this myrrh which is for the crucified Savior. All these things come together to show us the significance of what we celebrate. To help us to see the deeper meaning of why we celebrate. And so here's what I want to do for our last moments together. Is I want to share with you five ways to help you remember the reason we celebrate the season. I, I want to just give you some, some practical ideas for how you can make the most of the season. Now, the truth is we only have a short time before we, we hit Christmas. But there are many of these I think that you could still do. Or maybe these are things that you want to keep in mind as you get ready to celebrate um, even next year. Or 
some of these can even be applied and used even past Christmas because, yes, uh, we're going to put away all the Christmas decorations at some point, but we don't put away the message of Christmas. We don't put away the message of Jesus. And so uh, I'm just going to give you uh, some ideas, maybe to get your thoughts going about ways to, to help remember. Number one, as you open gifts, remember the significance of the original Christmas gifts. My, my hope is now that every time you see a Christmas present, that you won't just simply think about, oh, what, who else do I need to get a gift for, and I wonder what that is. What, what I hope that will happen is when you see those gifts, that, that your mind will extend beyond that gift and go back to this very first Christmas and think of the gifts that were given and recall the gift of gold that was given to Jesus and say, man, Jesus the king. And frankincense, Jesus the priest, and, and myrrh, Jesus the crucified savior. So, so let, this, let those gifts be a signal for your mind to turn again in, in remembrance of who Jesus is and the reason. I, I mean, maybe, maybe you even start part of a Christmas tradition that before you open gifts, that you, you read that, that part of the Christmas story, just those few verses about the gifts that they bring. Maybe that's your opportunity to share and say, hey, we, we, we give these gifts uh, in the same way they gave gifts in celebration of Jesus. We do this out of love, out of honor. I don't, I don't know. Um, just, but let that be a signal to you. Number two, would you spend some time and read the birth narratives in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2? I mean, actually, it, won't, it, it doesn't take very long. It, I mean, seriously, just a, in less than 10 minutes, and you can read all of, all of those chapters and learn about, um, you know, Mary and Joseph and, and kind of the struggles that they went through and, and the journey that they had. You can read about the shepherds, the wise men. Um, maybe you make this a part, of your, a, a part of your Christmas tradition as well. Number three, if you haven't done so, would you plan to attend and invite someone to one of our Christmas services? I mean, we still have time. We've got the, the services in person. And we also have the ones that are, that are online. Would you uh, plan to come if you haven't made those plans? Would you invite somebody to come? And I think this is one that can extend well beyond Christmas is, you know, who is it in your life that maybe they, for whatever reason they couldn't come at Christmas, but w would you even make a list and say, hey, here's some people I'd love to see, you know, attend church with me in, in 2022. I think that's a great way for us to celebrate and really live out the meaning of this season. Number four. Would you engage with some movies and music that focus on the birth of Jesus? We've been doing a, a fun series that these are about all kinds of things. Today's movie is all about uh, giving gifts. And, uh, you know, Home Alone is, uh, is totally different. And the, and the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. All these are great movies. But have you ever considered engaging with some, some movies and media that actually points to the meaning of Christmas? I, I've given you some examples. If you want to snap a picture of it. Uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas is a classic that the whole movie is, is focused on what's the true meaning of Christmas. And, and you have this moment where Linus is, uh, stands up. He actually recites from the true Christmas story. That's a great, a great choice. Uh, another cartoon would be The Star, which is a, a fun take. It's uh, from the animal's perspective of being with Mary and Joseph. Uh, it's voiced by some, uh, a lot of great actors and actresses. Pretty cool. Um, or even the nativity story. If you're looking for a, maybe a live-action movie that, again, those are some movies that I would just say, hey, integrate those into uh, the, your, your movie watching during this season. And then I'll give you one album that you 
might not be familiar with. Uh, it's by a guy named Andrew Peterson, and he has other artists that come along with him. It's called Behold the Lamb of God. What's really unique about, about this album is it begins by going to the Old Testament, and it tells you each song helps build to the coming of Jesus. So this is a great way to learn even the Old Testament background of why and how Jesus came. And so, you know, again, um, you know, listen to it on Spotify, download it on, on um, Apple or wherever you're listening to music. Just, um, or think about what songs can help you to, to not just focus of the fun things of Christmas, but also to focus on Christ. And here's the last thing. Start your own Christ-focused Christmas tradition. I mean, like, just think about your general gatherings and, and, and think to yourself, how, could I, how can I bring Jesus into this? And I get this. You're going to be around people that, that don't follow after Jesus, but who knows that maybe something that you do, some tradition that you could start can help point people to Jesus. Whether you're a single person, whether you're a, a young couple who's just starting out getting married, or your parents starting things with your kids, or your grandparents, to have kids coming in, you might think to yourself, well, we've never done this. It's going to be a little bit weird. Well, maybe, but a tradition has to start somewhere. I know for me, I'll share this last thing. My, my parents, we had two things that I always remember from Christmas is we would always, before we opened gifts or did anything, we would read the Christmas story. And then my mom always made a, a white coconut cake and we would sing happy birthday to Jesus. Now, you know, on the one hand, it's like, okay, but on the other hand, it set the tone. It was a reminder saying, this is why we're here today. This is why this season exists. This is why it matters. Would you just bow your heads and let's pray together? Father, we love you. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. And thank you for Jesus for stepping into our, our space, walking in our steps, living the life that we never could live and dying for us. Thank you for getting to remind us that this Christmas. And I pray in the days to come and as we as we gather that we will uh, remember you, that our attention, our focus will stay directed toward um, to you and to Jesus. I pray that you'll take the things that we've said today and you'll help us to, to live them out, apply them, that we'll be not just hearers of the word, but doers. We pray all this in my name, Jesus. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. If you would like to hear more, please visit our website at nextlevelchurch.net. You can also follow us on social media at nextlevel757. Join us next time.